listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board-certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Dr. Rob Kiltz, a little conversations with Dr. Kiltz, where it's all about fertility, but it's really about your health and wellness. And I'm really excited to have Amber Wentworth, Lone Star Keto, uh, which I like to do in the Carnivore Girl, too. But you've been sharing a story, <laughs> inspiring people uh, for some time now. And I'm really excited to have you on and talk about Lone Star Keto, your journey, what you've done and how you've gotten here. Um, I read a little bit, but that you're you're a uh, a ro- romance writer. I used to love to read yes. romance books a lot long long, long time ago. And uh, mm. food lover, and and doing recipes, and doing your your blogs and lives and all sorts of things. So welcome, Amber. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to this. Lone Star Keto. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. Oh gosh, do you want the down and dirty or the really short version? Because I can go down either way. Good, but but you know we have time. The story is always okay. stories. Okay, be careful what you ask for. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Okay, I'll just give a brief history of my background so you can kind of understand why I do what I do. Um, I started noticing, I I guess when I was about 10 years old, that I was a little bit different than the typical little girl I had started to develop. And for some reason that translated into me being fat, even though I wasn't at that point in time in my life. So I had this already at 10 years old, a body image issue because I was teased. And it didn't help that uh, like some of my family would kind of make fun of me too in in a good natured way, but without realizing what it was really doing to me. Anyway, um, I started dieting when I was about 10. Yeah, I actually went on diets when I was 10. Yeah. And by the time I was 15, I was full blown bulimic and anorexic. And by 17 um, in high school, I weighed about 98 pounds because I had just pretty much stopped eating altogether. And uh, when I did eat, I binged and purged. So that was a lot of fun. Um, During that period of time, during my high school years, you know, that's a very short period of my time. I tried so many different diets. It wasn't even funny. I went on Weight Watchers so many times. I tried Slim Fast. I did Atkins. I did Oh gosh, everything. I even did a medical diet that my boyfriend, now husband, paid for in high school because I couldn't afford it. And uh, it was medically supervised. And I I, I did all the liquid stuff. I did the stupid nine diet where you had like nine boiled eggs, nine uh, bananas, nine uh, for like seven days. And that was an interesting experiment we did. My two cousins did it with me, my older boy cousins, and we were fighting over the bathroom. Let me just tell you that in a one bathroom house. So that was a lot of fun. And um, it just, I was taking diet pills and that was back in the eighties when they had the good diet pills that you could buy over counter. That is illegal now. But back then, you know, you could just go into the grocery store and buy it. Even, you know, at my age I did. So I did that. I also abused laxatives. And uh, somewhere in there, I was also uh, started doing the exercise craziness where I would work out every single day, high impact. That was, you know, the 80s, high impact. 
uh, you know, let's get physical and all that. So um, I, I did just lots of that. So I, I had started an issue with exercise back then. And then like in my 20s, I was kind of okay. Um, I still did diets and all that, but I wasn't really overweight, even though I was short, I had large breasts. So, you know, people interpreted that as being like heavy for some reason, because, you know, I had a waist like this, this long, you know, uh, mm. and so it just kind of appeared because it was so top heavy, whatever you want to say. Anyway, so um, in my 20s, I was, I, was I, I did okay. I had my first baby at 25. I ended up being gestational diabetic. So wow. I only... Uh, gained five pounds the whole pregnancy. And when I had my daughter, I had lost 11 pounds. So I, I mean, I can't blame babies on that. And then 15 months later, I had another baby, my son, and I was not diagnosed as gestational diabetic on that pregnancy, but I treated it the same because I was so scared. It freaked me out. I was scared of having a large baby, of the baby being something wrong with, with the baby and all that. So I followed that. Only gained 11 pounds on that pregnancy. Were you on a diet throughout those pregnancies? Did they put you on a diet even though you're pregnant? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. When you're gestational diabetic, but now that I know the difference in diets and the diet they had me on, I'm cringing because they, they had me, they, they had me eating throughout the day, like all day long to keep a steady blood sugar, which I understand that part, but they had me eating certain amounts of food each time and allowing like fruits and all this stuff that I now know jacks my blood sugar crazy. Um, you know, I could have rice, I could have pasta, I could have all these things, but it was, you know, moderated. But I, I can just imagine what my blood sugar was actually doing if I had myself hooked up to a CGM, you know, because mm -hmm. I know what it does now. But uh, anyway, so I dealt with that and that was all good and fine. And then because I was home with the babies, I was a stay-at-home mom, I just kind of gradually over the years started putting on more and more weight. And then I'd lose weight again. And then I'd put more weight back on, but not quite get to the point again. And then I'd lose weight again. And when I say losing weight, I'm talking 80 to 100 pounds. I did that right. four times, four times. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, up yeah, and yeah. down. It was crazy. I had zero issues uh, losing weight ever, ever, because I have crazy willpower. I'm stubborn as, as crud. And if I say I'm going to make a goal, I make it every time, period. It's going to happen. And so that was not my issue. My issue was when I hit maintenance. That's when I would freak out. That's when I knew my journey actually began. And I knew I was going to fail. And I did. I did every time. And it doesn't help that, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I did that off and on through through those years. And then I just got tired. I just got tired and I put back on another crap load of weight. And mm -hmm. this was in my uh, probably early 40s. And I started having health problems like bad. I'm, I'm talking so bad that what problems were you suffering from? Oh, like I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I, hmm. my, my chest hurt. Um, my head felt like it was exploding. I knew I had high blood pressure. I knew that. And I, I did dumb stuff like taking baby aspirin to make sure my blood was thin so I wouldn't have a heart attack. I did dumb stuff like that, but I didn't, the thing is in my head, I didn't want to go to the doctor and get this checked out because I was afraid he was going to tell me, Oh, you're fat. 
Well, duh, I know that. I didn't want it confirmed. I didn't want that to be my issue, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I thought everything revolved around me being fat. So I was scared to go to the doctor. I refused to go to the doctor. So I hid these issues from my husband. I, I hid them from everybody in my family. Wow. Nobody knew. And like just walking to the car, I would be like... <gasps> like this and walking upstairs. Oh, good gosh. That was, that was awful. But you know, I would pretend like I'm all good and I'm trying to suck in breath without sucking in breath, you know, <laughs> and trying to make sure nobody noticed. If I did something simple, like changing the kitty litter, I had to rest for 30 minutes. I had to wow. lay down. It was awful. I, I'm telling you, it was really awful. Well, I ended up going to the doctor for something unrelated and, yeah. you know, they do, they do the typical checkups, you know, your temperature, blood pressure. Yeah. They, they hooked me up. They um, took my blood pressure. And next thing you know, the nurse is like pushing me backwards and saying, honey, I'm going to need you to stay really calm. And I'm like, oh God, what? And then the doctor comes in, the, the, you know, Texts come in. They're hooking me up to an EKG machine. There's a room full of people. And I, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what in the world? And they said, OK, we're going to give you um, some medication. If your blood pressure does not go down, we are admitting you into the hospital. Yeah. And so that was the first slap in my face. And that really scared me to death. I had to go see um, a cardiac, you know, specialist, had to do the stress test, do all that mess. They put me on four different medications, one of them being a diuretic. Four wow. medications. That's how bad it was. Anyway, that was the start of my health problems. Then I developed severe acid reflux so bad that if I, I even, you know, remotely laid back, acid would come in my mouth and I would literally gag on it. Um, couldn't, couldn't sleep laying down. Um, then I had rosacea, super bad. Like I looked like Rudolph. I mean, it was like glowing nose. Me, it was terrible all across my face. It was, it was hideous. I even had like this little, little bumpy things and these little blood vessels coming out from my nose that kind of looked like an alcoholic, you know, it, it was severe. And then I was diagnosed as having pre-diabetes. Yay. And that was like, the thing that scared me more than anything, because I, my family, there's a big history in my family and my grandmother pretty much died of that. Oh. And, um, she died in her fifties, <laughs> which I'm 55 oh. right now. So, yeah. ah, and, wow. um, she was morbidly obese. I'm talking morbidly obese. And she literally had a sewing kit, like a sewing kit full of medication she took every day. I didn't want to live like that. Anyway, so that kicked my butt back into gear. And yet again, I lost another hundred pounds. Okay. So that was great. You and still didn't understand what what the links were yet. You were just losing weight, gaining weight, getting sick, knowing it, but not linking anything yet, right? Oh, I linked it. I wasn't stupid, but I denied it. I was in heavy, heavy denial. And that's something I didn't want to. I mean, I knew I was obese. I mean, duh. But I would look into the mirror and well, actually, I wouldn't look in the mirror. That was kind of the thing. But what I visualized was something different. And what I, I thought I could hide, you know, under big T-shirts and stuff, but actually it made it worse. But in my mind, that was making it better anyway. So I, I you know, lost the weight again. And I, I was like, knowing as soon as I, I hit that, yep, it was going to happen again. Sure enough, it did. And I gained, I don't know, probably 60 pounds back. And then this was when I was, oh, I don't know, late 
late forties at this point. Mm -hmm. And, um, I decided I needed to get with it again. So I lost, uh, that weight a, a little bit lost. Then of course I gained it back up again. And it was right at the time my daughter was getting married and I wanted to look good, but I was so stressed and doing everything for the wedding and, you know, trying to do everything else that I just couldn't, I, I physically just couldn't take it on. So I was humiliated in looking at the pictures. It broke my heart. And when <laughs> my daughter gave me a gift the Christmas after they were married. It was a big family portrait and I couldn't even be happy about it. I cried and mm. that broke my daughter's heart, but I was so disgusted by how I looked that I didn't appreciate the gift it was mm. and that it's hanging up on my wall. Now it's hanging up wow. on my wall, but I, I don't look at it the same way now. Okay. Anyway, so I, I just finally got to the point and, and a couple of more years went by and I just got to the point where I was like, I'm so over it. I'm just over it. I, I'm done. I, I, I keep doing this. I can't keep it off. What the heck's the point? If I'm going to be, you know, fat and miserable and unhealthy, then so be it. Well, my daughter, the one that, that well, only daughter I have, um, she decided she wanted to drop a few pounds. Okay. This girl is, you know, cute as can be a little tiny thing, but she thought she needed to lose a few pounds. Uh -huh. And she had a friend who was trying uh, ketones, uh, the exogenous ketones. And I had never heard of that before. I didn't know what the heck it was, but I thought, you know, okay, I'll do it for two weeks. Let me see if this just is kind of like a catalyst to kick me back in gear. Maybe I can get motivated. Maybe I can get the energy back, whatever. And so I gave it a go. And I, seriously, this was my last go. This was it. I was done, just done. And I tried them. And in a couple of days, I was like, what in the world is this? Where has this been on my life? And I, I never felt so good. I felt euphoric. I felt crazy good. I felt like for the first time in many, many years, like, I don't know, 20, 30 years, whatever it was, 20 years at least, that my life had color back. I had been living in shades of gray. I'd been hiding from the camera. I had been hiding from the world. I was embarrassed to be seen in public. I was, you know, just tired. I, I was miserable. And so all of a sudden it was like this technicolor. I was like, what in the world? So I started digging into what the heck this ketone thing is. And then I discovered a ketogenic diet. And I was like, what? Your body does that? Why did I not learn that in school? Why did not, after all these millions of freaking diets that I tried, why did none of that ever talk about keto or ketones or, you know, anything like that, that you didn't have to be miserable when you were trying to drop some pounds and get your health back? Why did I not know that? And so that is why I became very vocal about the ketogenic diet and now the carnivore diet, because I kind of, have, you know, evolved. But I, I you know, I, how can you be quiet about something that you think so many people could benefit with and that they probably don't know about, that they've never heard about it, that they, you know, have been told wrong? And so that, that fascinated me to no end. And so, yeah, that's why I'm just a big mouth and just, you know, <laughs> I'll talk about it to anybody, you know, Hey, you know, so it brings me to present day. Any particular people or books or ideas that inspired you other than the, some ketone bodies to the supplement and then, then 
then changing your eating habits in what way? And I guess as a ketone philosopher, uh, how, what, 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 are you, what do you share with people in a sense of how do they get started? What do they do? Where do they go from? Uh, we know your, your website has some amazing things. Tell us, tell us a little bit more in depth of who inspired you and what, what are the things that people should be doing to get the best benefits from this? Yeah. Um, the first book I read was um, Jimmy Moore's book. Um, <laughs> uh, Clarity. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Cholesterol Clarity. Yeah. I actually wrote, read that book when we, my husband and I drove from Texas to New Hampshire for a family reunion. And I read that book the whole way there. And uh, that's just fascinating. But that was one of my uh, big ones. And um, there's also a book, the Keto uh, Bible. I think it was called the Keto Bible. And that, you know, just kind of set all the basics for me. And of course, I was all over the place searching. I, I watched every video. I watched, you name it. And, and I got more and more books. I, had, I have so many. If, if my room wasn't so junky, I'd show you. I literally have hundreds of books in here because it, I wanted to learn more. I, I couldn't stand it because it was like, I, I got to have more knowledge. I got to know more. I got, because it was just such a life-changing thing for me. And, you know, I wanted to be able to educate and know why I experienced the things I did and, and know the science behind it, know all that kind of stuff. So uh, some of the influencers for me, definitely Jimmy Moore and um, the ketologist. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, and uh, Dr. Ken Berry and, yep, yep. Uh, you know, the, you're, you're typical. And then I ran into, of course, Sean Baker and, you know, the carnivore group. And I have a good friend who I was doing a podcast with and he kept telling me, you know, you're going to you're going to try carnivore anyway. So you might as well just do the 30 day challenge. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to be talking about keto and there's a spectrum, you know, you can you can go, you know, pretty low keto all the way up to carnivore. That's the spectrum of keto. You can be in ketosis. That's keto. And so I thought, OK, I'll, I'll try carnivore just so I can talk, you know, intelligently about it. And within a couple of days, I was like, all my gut issues are gone. What? <laughs> it was the craziest thing because I... I, I didn't even talk about this part, but from the age of probably about three years old, I suffered greatly from a chronic constipation, gas, bloating, stomach issues like bad. And um, I, I was big into vegetables and I, I, I was almost a vegetarian. I mean, I, I do, did like a little bit of meat, but it was mainly like chicken. And uh, but I I wanted vegetables like all the time, even at three years old, I would eat like a can of spinach for breakfast. I mean, it was crazy. Anyway, so I ate tons and tons of plants, if you will. And of course, you know, during the the various times in my life, I ate, you know, the processed crap like everybody else does, you know, standard American diet. But um, yeah, so, uh, okay, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, the, the constipation. Well, keto to carnivore, yeah. thinking about the people yeah. who are doing it. And, and I know, you know, these are all similar stories for all of us. Yeah. And, and so tell us how you, how you went, you, you, so you're feeling one way on keto, but carnivore, mm -hmm. what was the big difference? What did yeah. you notice? 
Well, when I went keto, I noticed a dramatic difference in my gut. And I just have to tell you really seriously, I had issues bad. Like when we were on a vacation one time and we were downtown San Antonio on the river walk, I went to my knees and I, I couldn't stand up because my gut was so mm, like this. And it was because I was so compacted anyway. I had started taking more fiber because that's what they tell you, you know, mm -hmm. you know you're already constipated. So let's bulk it up more. Right. Paper, it's still yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Right. So right. that's what I did. So I understood at that point that um, added fiber was not for me like flax seeds. Absolutely not. Chai seeds. No. Or chai, how you say stupid thing. But um, so I already knew that part, but I never thought about the plant part. Like, you know, the good stuff, vegetables are good. You know, fiber never thought of that. So when I went keto, you know, I got rid of all the grains and all that mess. I improved greatly, but I still mm -hmm. had bloating, still had a little bit of gas, occasional constipation, but it was so much better. I thought this is what digestion is supposed to feel like. Yeah. Okay. I got this. Then when I went carnivore, I was like, whoa, I didn't even know it could feel like this. Holy cow. So I got rid of all that fiber and now I have absolutely zero issues. Zero. So, yeah. Oh, oh, all of that. I, I forgot to talk about that. Gosh. Okay. When I went... Uh, when I went keto, um, I got off of three of my medications uh, for blood pressure. I uh, was off my Nexium for my acid reflux that I took for eight years every day. And you know what they, all the lawsuits happening about that now. And um, I, my rosacea started to improve some, but it was still there, but it started to improve. Um, so I was doing great and I was pretty happy. And that was the other thing I kind of wanted to try carnivore just to see if I could push it a little bit farther, get off that last medication and my uh, rosacea improved. And it did. I am medication free, a zero. So yeah, I still have some rosacea when I get hot, uh, like this this light that I have on right now. It, it'll kind of make my nose a little bit red because I start getting hot. But that's that's pretty much it. I used to like break out horribly um, whenever I would be stressed, mad, you know, or uh, hot. I have any alcohol, um, it, I, embarrassed. I mean, I would just go. Phew, it was terrible. And I also didn't mention that I had Raynaud's syndrome. I, I don't know if, if uh, you probably know what that is. But well, um, I had Raynaud's. I had hypertension. I had bowel problems, bowel bleeding, psoriasis, kidney stones. I went down both lists since I was a kid. And when I went at 50, I went, I went keto. At 55, I went carnivore 10 years ago. And oh, wow. Everything gone. And so I've been one meal carnivore for 10 years. I occasionally have some non-carnivore. I don't think any of us are purest 100%. Mm. But, but what are your thoughts on your experience with, with fasting? How many meals mm. a day? What are your thoughts on, on that sort of thing? Okay, I will say that for me, fasting was a game changer with keto when I was on keto. I got to the point because I was so incredibly satiated that I didn't care about food. So I kind of just naturally fell into OMAD one meal a day. And that was awesome for me. I love that. It was so simple. It, it just, it felt right. And 
I, I loved it. And I just dropped weight. That very vacation I was telling you about that when we drove to New Hampshire on vacation, mind you, we're on vacation. I dropped 11 pounds in two weeks Amazing. on vacation because I was doing OMAD. Well, I yeah. talked so much about one meal a day at night and it's, it's all to me, it's carnivore is the, the master plan, everything else. Keto is the masses and carnivore is the master. Yeah. And one meal is like, why do you, why would you eat more calories than that in a day? You don't need it. And, and you'll feel better than others. Uh, we have some questions and, and Misty was, was uh, when you do keto, are you eating three meals a day or just one? I know I do the one meal, occasionally a snack. What are most your recommendations? Would it be that one meal? It depends. It depends. If you are getting the nutrients you need and you're eating the satiating foods, you got to go by what your body needs. I, I was started out kind of like three meals. I, I, I've never been a snacker anyway, believe it or not. Even when I was super heavy, I was not a snacker. I don't know why, but I would eat like a lot at one meal kind of thing or the things I ate or what was more the problem. But um, I probably, I think I started out three, three meals a day. And then I kind of went to, to two just because when I woke up in the morning, it was like, why, why, eat? why do I want to eat? I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat. So I stopped. And then right at that time when we left for the trip, I decided to try, you know, not eating because we were on a car trip. We, we, we were in the car for like three days. And so um, I, I, it was just easier not to mess with all that. And it was, it just fell into place and I loved it so much. I stayed with one, but you don't have to do that. No, it just depends on where you fall and what part of your journey you're on. Because when you start out, you may need more and that's okay. That's fine. Just eat a good whole food based keto. Don't do all the junk food stuff. Don't, don't buy into the, it says keto on the package. So it must be good. <laughs> Read the ingredients because that's where people go wrong and you don't have to eat 500 fat bombs to meet a fat goal no fat i i believe is the lever it's not a goal to meet your protein is a goal to meet and then you have a limit of your carbs usually 20 grams that's kind of where i i feel you should be or or to start off with. And then, you know, fat as a lever to where you're satiated and then go from there. So one or three meals, it's up to you. But if you need to snack between meals, you probably didn't eat enough or you need to have the three meals. Now, yeah. On your website, which is LoneStarKeto.com, is that right? Mm -hmm. You have a shopping list uh, on mm -hmm. there. I thought was really cool. Uh, when, when you talk about carnivore, would you have sort of the a few things, five things? I mean, I'm kind of like limited to three things. Mm. Uh, where, where do you, what's your sort of keto uh, cabinet or, or box or in that? Uh, dealing with carnivore or? What are the things you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a ribeye steak guy. That's kind of like oh, a okay. guy in the universe. Where do you put your sort of, when we talk carnivore, what do you typically eat? Uh, for your carnivore. Well, typically I don't eat breakfast. Um, for lunch, I have a eight ounce hamburger patty, uh, 85, 15%. Uh, percent. And uh, for dinner, it just kind of varies. Sometimes I'll have another hamburger patty, eight ounces, um, a filet. That's my favorite. I would eat a filet every day for every meal. That's my favorite. I am not a fan of ribeye. Oh, I'm not. 
not. I know. I know. I know. But I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not a fan of eating fat off of meat either. <gasps> I know, I know, bad carnivore, bad, but I'm just not. And I don't like overly fatty, you know, hamburger meat. It has to be at least 85, you know, 15. It, it better, it, 70, 30, uh-uh, oh, ain't happening. Nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't like that. So, you know, give me fillets, give me uh, leanish ground beef and uh, Kerrygold butter. I'm good, I'm good. And I, I have added back in mushrooms, by the way. I did do that. The chicken, fish, uh -huh. pork, beef, lamb, goat, um, lobster, oysters. I mean, I kind of pick a little of everything and anything, but I pretty much eat ribeye mostly. You you had said something I was reading on your web on your on your on your blog, and you know, the story was really good because ultimately our mind in body are disconnected and you talked a little bit about the the the, the, the battle between the mind and the body and, and and can you talk just a moment about the that adventure between you know we all our mind is within our bodies and yet we're chastising the body and but it's so it's common for all of us how oh, do for you sure get through that uh, you know, you're, you're, the, the mindset is so incredibly important and people don't put enough emphasis on that part of your health journey. I call it health journey because I'm so over everything being focused on weight and, and outside image, you know, I, I mean, not saying that's not a good goal, but there's so much more to it. There's so much more. I mean, big deal with the, the number on the scale says if you're not healthy. You know, and, and so I understand now uh, about how important health is versus just looking good on the outside. I'm not saying it's not good. OK, it's pretty it's pretty nice, but <laughs> I won't lie. But uh, yeah, so y the way you approach things with your mind, the way you have to think about things and my my mentality around things was pretty messed up because I had body dysmorphia. I had all these different issues going on and dealing with the um, eating disorders and the exercise disorders and all of that, that was very difficult for me. And that was a big chunk of, I think, part of the failure. And um, so, yeah, how you approach it and the way you think about it, instead of worrying so much about weight, worry about getting healthier, doing little things at a time as you go along, keep improving, keep learning, keep changing, keep evolving. And that's the important thing is to always be evolving. Because if you just stagnate, if, if you think that what you're doing right now is going to work 10 from 10 years from now, <laughs> maybe not, especially if you're a woman, hate to say it, but that's kind of what I'm going through right now. Um, that good old menopause, yay. And uh, having to refigure out some things and uh, my cortisol's crazy and all that kind of stuff, stress, bleh. So I'm having to, you know, refigure out things and that's what you're going to have to do as you go along. So you have to get that mindset right. You cannot be married to what you're doing right now and think that that is going to be the end all get off for the rest of your life because that's probably not going to happen. There are some, I'm sure, that are lucky like that, but most of us are not like that. So you have to be able to change and adapt and that mindset and how you think about it and, and look at things, you know, it, it and it's not about a, 
a goal date, like, oh, I'm going to lose weight by February 1st. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm not saying that's a horrible goal always to have, but it, it puts so much pressure on you. And then you focus only on the scale. You're not focusing on the good things that could be happening inside your body to be able to allow later on your body to work efficiently and you won't have to struggle with the weight. It will just happen naturally. So why, why spend so much energy only to fail time, time, time again? And why not just get your health in check, do what you need to do so your body functions as a whole and it can work with you instead of against you? Because that's what happened to me is my I body. fought my body, fought it hard. I mean, literally fought my body. And mm -hmm. guess what? Mm, it just doesn't work because number one, your body only wants you to survive. It is your friend. It's the only one you're going to have. It's trying to help you and you have to help it help you. <laughs> and by, you know, fighting so hard against it, by doing all the restrictive dying, by punishing yourself, by exercising until you drop because you ate a cupcake or whatever it is, it, it just doesn't work. It's going to backfire on you. So work on getting yourself healthy. Get that mindset on, on health as a long-term goal. And yeah, it's great if you lose weight. That's awesome. Everybody wants that. That's great. But that is just a symptom of a bigger problem. That is not the problem. So you've got to fix. Yeah. And, and that that's the, oh yeah, it's everything. So love yourself. Find someone like yourself, a coach, to inspire you and tell stories each and every day and give you some advice that'll help you on the journey. That's so critical for all yeah. of us. And, and yeah. so you do coaching uh, to share your philosophy and your story. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Um, I coach through Rivero uh, Health. Uh, I do the carnivore coaching. And then I also branched out on my own and I'm doing nutrition and life coaching. I kind of combine everything into that package. And I am just recently, as of yesterday, certified and licensed um, with sugar, which is a diagnostic tool uh, for food addiction, sugar addiction. And I'm so, addicted to food, yes, like yes. air and water. You must, <laughs> yeah. And, and it is interesting because mm -hmm. the sugar addiction is actually a normal addiction because in the ancient environment, if you didn't eat the sugar when you found it, you were dead. We just have too much access and frequency to it, which is is certainly not a good one uh, mm -hmm. for any of us because we have too much access. And someone was asking me about what type of carbs do I eat? Well, I like chocolate. Yeah. I have a piece of chocolate once a day, every other day, piece, little piece. I love ice cream. Um, mm -hmm. I often have my ice cream, but I make it. It's pure. It's cream, mm -hmm. an mm -hmm. egg, vanilla, and white sugar. I don't use anything fake, but I only have that one meal, a little bit of sugar, because it's life is a treat and reward but never, never, never cheat. Uh, that I think is deadly for all of us. But, and I do love French fries from time to time, <laughs> fried in duck grease and dipped in mayonnaise and preferably duck grease uh, uh, or pork uh, grease mayonnaise, which is pretty amazing in all of this. Uh, so, uh, do you, what type of desserts? Cause I know you have some desserts on your, your website that you share. Tell I us do. a little about your, 
your recipes. Okay. See, that was back in my keto days when I was trying to make substitutes for everything I used to love. Now I understand that was feeding my addiction. And so I don't necessarily... I don't do the recipes anymore at all. Um, I may do some like carnivore kind of recipes or something along those lines. I've kept it up on my website because they are very delicious. I'm not going to lie. And, um, you know, for some people that is a better option than going out full out and, you know, having the, you know, not so great stuff. But, you know, after doing uh, this addiction training, I now realize how, that can be very, very harmful for those of us who do have true addiction. It's, it's actual illness of the brain. It's, it's something that we just have. It's not something we did. It's not, you know, our fault. It's not anything like that, but just having one bite is enough to undo everything. And, and just very similar to an alcoholic, you know, once you, you know, you, you're an alcoholic you have that addicted brain and you can't moderate alcohol. You can't it, not if you're now those who, you know, are, are, are what I, what is called harmful users, they might could, you know, moderate it. It's still doing harm really, if you think about it, but it, it is not, you know, a, an addiction. So there is a big difference. And I, I, I really get bent out with, with these cutesy little girls on TikTok and stuff going, Oh, well, I think I have a prop over here. Hopefully here's my prop. Yeah. I did. I did a goofy video. <laughs> oh, don't, don't give up what you love because that would be deprivation, you know, but it, it, that drives me nuts. I just have it in moderation, but uh, moderation is very deadly for some people. Minimization is what I say from time to time. We live in a temple. Our body is a temple. We should take care of it like the temple. This is why the daily meditation and prayer is key. I say one meal a day is the most amazing radical thing. Carnivore is the best. But keto, and remember, as a vegan or vegetarian, you're eating sugar because plants are sugar. And ultimately, your body doesn't know the difference between that sugar and ice cream, candy, or anything else. But, but you know, we are built to break down and simplify sugar and convert it to fat in the liver. But, yeah, when we get it, and some of us, I can't give it up that easily, but uh, <laughs> we have to be able to, uh, it's, yeah, moder moderization, moder moderating is not good. I'd say you really want to make sure that you're, you're getting to the coach. And, and so how do they find you as a coach, by the way? Um, yeah, um, you can go most where I, I, if you want just straight carnivore coaching, Rivero Health, if you want um, kind of a little bit of everything, and I'll be adding in this sugar addiction part too, go to Instagram and on my profile page, I have a book now button and you can check out my schedule and all of that. And right now my prices are really low because I am still, I, I, I'm still in school for, um, uh, one NTP school, if you will, and um, nutritional therapy practitioner school. So I've, I've kind of kept things low to kind of get some clientele, have some, you know, reviews kind of thing. But once I graduate, it's not going to be that low. So just saying. <laughs> do you do, do you do keto and carnivore and food addiction or are you? 
I'm going to do, yeah, it's going to be, uh, that's why I call myself a nutrition and life coach because I, I work on mindset as well. And um, I've done a lot of certifications on various things like cognitive behavior therapy, hypnotherapy, um, I, uh, all kinds of things. I, I have not done tapping yet, but that's going to be one of my next things. So I've done a lot of that. So I'm going to incorporate a lot of that into, uh, you know, as people want it, you know, if they need it, depending on what, what their goals are. And uh, yeah, I'll do keto and carnivore and even low carb. I, I won't go past low carb though. I, I have my limits. I just don't feel like anybody should be on the standard American diet. You know, I don't care. I mean, yes, we have a difference in how much carbs we can handle and that's fine. I work with that, but standard American diet is deadly. I think so. Yes. It's deadly. I think so. Everything we learn in, in, we did learn some things in medical school and we have continued to learn things from nutritional dietary experts, but most of them, in my opinion, are deadly. And that's our problem. Yeah. And, and uh, as a fertility specialist, we've seen so many conceive naturally, uh, not miscarry by simply going keto and or carnivore. And the one meal a day, fasting is the best way to get to where you want to go. So that what I've learned more than anything. If you can do more than one day, great. But one day, one meal at night, the very best. It, it is amazing. Any thoughts on supplements? Um, what are your thoughts on supplements and uh, water and uh, <laughs> other sort of fancy drinks? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, supplements... I was kind of weird about that to begin with. I thought, well, if you're doing the proper diet, you don't need supplements, right? I kind of had that attitude. Well, after talking to enough experts in the field, I now understand that, and, and also going through school, that uh, our soil is deplete and that causes our plants to be deplete and the animals that eat those plants to be deplete. So it's this vicious circle and pretty much all of us are deplete in like magnesium. I mean, or at least not deplete necessarily, but low. And I fall in that category. Hello, I eat a very nutrient dense diet and I fall into that category. Number one, my stress, and my cortisol. Hello. But um, it zaps everything. And like magnesium, um, it is has like over 700 functions in the body. And, you know, if you have stress, if you're eating carbs and doing things like that, you have toxins in your body, you have, you know, viruses that are lurking, whatever, it zaps that magnesium. And then you don't have enough left over to do the things it needs, like the processing of vitamin D, vitamin C, everything in your body. So magnesium, absolutely, 100%. I, you know, think that that's a good one to supplement for. But, you know, as, as many of uh, my friends say, test, don't guess. So it's not good to just start shoving, you know, supplements in if you don't even know where you're at. But if you've done testing and you know that you're low in certain things and it's not easy to get in foods uh, like vitamin D, that, that's kind of difficult. So you really kind of need to get out there in the sun, you know, and there's certain things like that that just make it difficult. But if you can get it from food, absolutely start there first. But if you're still low, supplementation for certain things, absolutely. Magnesium is my number one for sure. And, and uh, it's really important to consult with your, your own primary doctor. Mm -hmm. We're just sharing some thoughts and ideas. Philosophy 
Uh, so, uh, you know, there's nothing like uh, the importance of your own uh, private practitioner or, or primary care. Alexandra Ramirez, Sherlyn, uh, Shantia, uh, Samantha. We have a lot of people sharing with us today, uh, both Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And we have uh, Amber Wentworth, uh, the uh, Lone Star Keto, who's sharing her thoughts and ideas. And we're really grateful to have her on today. And again, can you uh, remind us where they can find you? Yes, I'm Lone Star Keto Girl on Instagram. That's my platform I spend the most time on. I do have a website that I haven't been very active on, but I'm really trying to get back to that. It's lone-star-keto.com. And I'm also on Twitter as lone underscore star underscore keto. They wouldn't let me use the other name. <laughs> it's so annoying. Facebook, I have a page called Lone Star Keto. I have a YouTube channel and I do a podcast called Lone Star Keto. And I have some amazing guests on there. So go check that out. It's on YouTube, Lone Star Keto Girl. And, and I was watching many of those and listening, listening to them and watching them. I mean, they're very inspiring. And the one thing I've learned in life is stories are critical. I'm sure that's why you wrote your romance uh, novels, because it's, <laughs> we all want a story and our brain creates the story. And that's why I think it's so important to have a, a coach and a cheerleader, someone to inspire you and listen and watch your story that you share. And again, we're, we're talking in the fertility realm, but ultimately all those diseases you talked about are the same things that everyone is suffering from. And I say infertility or miscarriages, uh, early late losses, uh, and male and female causes are all due to the same unfortunate standard American diet, which is a sad diet, unfortunately. We Very sad. We have to eliminate the word diet and which I always tell people, I don't care what your size or shape or age or weight or gender or anything is. You must love yourself first. You must look, look in the mirror and have faith and look at the beautiful human being right there that God is within all of us. And from there, now you could step into the realm of, okay, what are the things that I can do to better myself and, and finding people that, again, you uh, let's say the, the vegan to carnivore, uh, for one, I know that uh, many people that are out there coaching, I'm not a big exercise fan. Now, I'm not saying don't exercise, mm -hmm. but be creative in life. Um, I do light bikes. I love bike riding my, uh, down in Florida when I'm down there. Um, it's a little flat. Uh, the hills here are a little tough, and the cars on the road are a little more challenging. Uh, light resistance, some weights. What are your thoughts on exercise. Yeah. Well, like I said, I had an exercise disorder. I had, um, anorexia, uh, athletica and it, it, it was pretty uh, horrifying really because I was working out two to five hours a day, six to seven days a week, going to four different gyms. And when I was home, I would do box step ups in front of the TV. Like whenever a commercial would come on, I'd jump up and do that. Or I'd run up and down the hallway, up and down and up and down and up and down. You know how many commercials are in a show? Let me just tell you, there's a lot. And so I, I was literally doing this all day long. I, I And I didn't think I had an issue. Haha, <laughs> I did. Anyway, so I have a little bit of a of, uh, issue with 
exercise in that way because I am very fearful that I'll fall back into that pattern. I think I'm okay now, but um, I do think that activity is extremely important. Do I think that you have to kill yourself? No, I don't. Um, you know, just getting out in nature and walking, especially after meals, is so incredibly helpful. And of course, you want to do some weight bearing exercise for your bones and all that kind of stuff, especially as you get older. You really need that. So, yes, it's very important. It's not as important when you're talking about weight fat loss, though. A lot of people mm. seem to think that they can out exercise, mm. uh, maybe not so great diet, but it really has very little effect on weight. And the more you output in the exercise, the more your body tries to compensate and drops, you know, your energy levels and et cetera, to make up for those, you know, way too many calories burned, and especially if you're not eating enough. And that's what I was doing. I was only eating 800 calories while I was doing that. So it's very important to kind of keep that in mind. And what are your goals? What are your goals? You, you need to be able to function in life. And, you know, when the zombie apocalypse happens, you need to be able to, you know, be that person that survives. <laughs> so you need to be fit. You need to be fit for life. And I have a good friend, uh, Bronson Daunt. And if anybody is looking for somebody who has knowledge on how to do it in a way that makes you functional in life, as far as being able to do what you want to do. He's the one to go to. Check him out. He's awesome. I love his philosophy. He kind of breaks everything down into uh, movements that are that correspond to everday life, you know, twisting and doing. I mean, it, it's very it's very cool. And I mean, if you have goals that, you know, athletic goals, that's a whole different story. But, you know, walking, that is one of the best things you can do. Do some weight bearing exercise, do what makes you happy. If you like to hike, if you like to ride bikes, play with your kids in the backyard, it all counts. It all matters. So doing something is critical in life. Mm -hmm. uh, we're watching too much television yeah. and basically we're just zombies. Uh, <laughs> we, we eat the food that makes us basically uh, uh, zombies. Yes. Uh, I call most vegetables, fruit, fiber, seeds, and nuts in a high carb diet, basically carbocaine. Uh, it makes us all, um, we're just directed by the masters of the puppet uh, people. And yes. we've, got to, we've got to all change it up. And by checking out uh, Amber uh, uh, Wentworth uh, on Lone Star Keto, you can just learn so much. And I did see Bronson and uh, your interview, and I thought it was really fantastic. Yeah. And I think all of us are looking for inspiration. Mm -hmm. uh, any particular books that you recommend, or other other? Uh, uh, you know, I know uh, uh, Jimmy Moore mm -hmm. uh, was really great. I watch. I know Ken Berry, uh, uh, Sean Baker, The uh, Lies. Jimmy I say, oh, I don't. I usually have yeah. like a million books everywhere. Um, yeah, uh, Sean Baker's book, The Carnivore Diet, is excellent. Um, uh, the Dietitian's Dilemma by Michelle Hearn is awesome, and I'm in that one, so that's pretty cool. But um, she she's a nurse, and she left the profession because she couldn't ethically continue doing what she was told to do. And so she has a fascinating story. Excellent, excellent book. And Ken Berry's book, Lies My Doctor Told Me, that just opened my eyes and slapped me right upside my head. That was so eye-opening, you know, coming from a doctor. I thought that was just fantastic. Um, those are some of my most favorite books. And um, Judy, um, 
Judy Cho. Cho, she has her book out, uh, The Carnivore Cure, which is chalk full of incredible information and Maria Emmerich's books, all of her stuff, all her recipe books, all of her uh, type of book, excellent, excellent stuff. I mean, there's so many, I feel bad. I know I'm not, you know, uh, Philip of Vadia, he, he, who was on my podcast, he's a heart surgeon. He has a book out now and uh, stay off my operating table. Uh, something like that. And he talks about basically what we've been talking about. And that's a great book too. Um, I wish I had all my books right here so I could kind of flash them for you. But um, there's so, so many good books uh, written by people in our community. I mean, so good. And I'm going to put, I do have some books from back in my keto days. I haven't updated it with, with the newer ones that have been coming out. Um, on my website. So if anybody wants to go there and look at some of the books that inspired me, I have those on there. Um, but I will be adding more. Like I said, I got to get with it and really update my website. And I'm about to start a new one with my, you know, new business going forward. But um, yeah, there's just so many good ones out there. So this is also ancient, these philosophies. Yes. And the really key is, and, and I'm in the medical profession, I was warned at the hospital not to talk about this. And uh, it only inspires me more and more to keep on writing books and sharing the story. I call this crowdsourcing healthcare. Um, healthcare is too massively expensive. The mission of the, the medical uh, a machine is money. It is not affordable health and wellness. And simple health and wellness actually can be uh, carried out by uh, uh, Ken Berry says the optimal human diet, basically. Yes. I call it the, the human nutritional solution. Basically, diets are dead. And uh, by changing to a nutritional solution, you eliminate diets, drugs, dissections, and doctors. I mean, yes. that's really the goal in all of this is that everyone takes back their health and wellness. Yes. <laughs> and, and so what, what you're doing, and we all need to be doing this more, is sharing this because between YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and many other ways, we need to share this in a way that eliminates the need to go to a doctor for all the drugs in order to be diagnosed with the disease and given a prescription that you are likely just to add another 10 more like your grandmother. And I know so many other people in, in my profession that are suffering. And yes. so it's, it's time that we all, everyone basically needs to start getting on and sharing their stories and creating it and spreading it because there's no age, there's no gender, there's no type of person that wouldn't benefit from what Amber is sharing uh, on uh, carnivore and, and keto. And just one other point, because the biggest and hardest part is that carnivore is such a stretch for so many, especially yes. that we need it, won't eat meat. Uh, what would be your simplest way to kind of help people to get to at least keto? Uh, and we'll finish with, with this comment uh, on, you know, how do we get, and inspire people there. Oh gosh. Uh, 
that's that that's a good one because I, I think there's so much misinformation. Number one, you know, meat is bad, eggs are bad, fats bad, blah blah blah. You and grains are so awesome; they're the holy grail. Eat more, eat more, eat more. Um, low fat must have low fat. It's just so much mis misinformation out there. So to help educate people and try to unwind all of that they've been, you know, lassoed with and, you know, propaganda. And, and I mean, everybody from your grandmother to your doctor, to the TV, to big food, everybody. I mean, you hear something enough, you believe it's true and it is hard to change people's minds hard. And I understand that because thinking that that was okay, freaked me out because I spent so many years of my life low fat, even to the point where I barely had any fat, like several grams of fat. Don't ask me how I did it, but I did. And my uh, personal trainer was freaking out. I was losing my hair. My skin looked like crap. I mean, it was horrible, but I had that so ingrained in my head. I could not let it go. Even my personal trainer, even though, you know, she was still into the carb and stuff like that, she recognized the importance of fat. And I, I couldn't see it. I, I couldn't see it because that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. So we need to educate people. We need to spread the word and try to counter some of that propaganda we hear continually. And, you know, as you know, many doctors, they, they fall in line with that too. So when, you know, a patient comes to them and asks, you know, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, oh my gosh, I have all these issues. What diet? Well, you need to follow the food pyramid, you know, kind of thing. And you're like, <laughs> you know, because they don't have the education in medical school. I don't, I don't know about you, but most doctors that I've talked to said they had minimal to none and they're giving diet advice. Yeah. Well, well, I, I would, I would say that they're actually, they're, it's there. It, it's there because we're all taught basically fruit, fiber, vegetables, seeds, nuts, and lean meat. We're all taught that three meals a day plus snacks in between. I mean, we're all counselors for our patients throughout uh, uh, training. And so I would just say the simple is it's it's all a lie. We're told the wrong thing, which is basically brainwashing, which ultimately, yes. ultimately causes all the diseases that require the drugs and the dissections um, and ultimately fill uh, the hospitals and ultimately the morgues. I, I'm saddened by what we have been taught and my mission, and I can hear your mission, is to help give people the power back. Yes. Uh, and, and COVID, people are dying from COVID because of inflammation, because of standard American diet, and we all need to share it, and we need to be more powerful um, in, in, in doing that. And it's going to be, for the problem with doctors is they're pushed, if they talk about it, um, they're, they're pushed uh, hard not to. And they're mostly working in an, an environment which is, is a healthcare industry, which is you tow the line, you sell the drugs, you get the dissections, and the more you see, the more money you make, the more profits there are. I mean, we all believe in making money and profitability, sure. but at some point, something's got to change. Otherwise, we just can't sustain this. If for your children, my children, our grandchildren, um, we've, we've got to keep doing that. So again, uh, Amber, so grateful for you joining uh, uh, our, our live tonight and, uh, we'll find you on, on, uh, lone star, lone dash star dash keto.com. Is that right? Uh -huh. Or 
on on Amber Wentworth on Instagram, correct? Uh, Lone Star Keto Girl. But yeah, right. I think he, I think it still pulls up Amber Wentworth, so it's good. All right, all right. Uh, thank you so much. We so appreciate you. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing more wonderful and great, inspiring things. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast, and all I right. appreciate you. Thank you for doing what you do. Well, thank you. God bless. It gives me faith. It gives me faith. We got all have faith in this crazy life, right? (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkiltz.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.